Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Straight Talk Radio, where we like to talk about a lot of things, um, namely business, politics, and culture. And I'm your host, Donya Keating, live from the Seattle area at about noon Pacific time on Friday, March 27th. Is it just me, or is this year really marching along? I don't know. But listeners, call 646-378-0261 to contribute to the conversation live. Press 1 to raise your hand and speak. And you can use the chat feature to send comments or questions we'll try to incorporate into the show. So once again, open up a free Blog Talk Radio account for improved ease. And uh, we'll see where we go from here. I don't know how much time we're going to use, but, you know, it is what it is. So leadership, leadership, leadership. So... No shortage of articles and books and quotes about that, workshops, trainings, consultants, including firms like ours, and we talk about and explore the subject, some might say ad nauseum, but the other day I saw a Facebook exchange about it. I'll kind of wait to see if one of the participants calls in so we can provide some more background information about how that evolved and some of her uh, feedback on you know, who she was referring to and, and, and what that meant to her. But the shorter version is the exploration of leadership and its qualities, and whether it's nature versus nurture, and how leaders are perceived, how they're received. Um, if you're listening and you want to quickly share your experiences with leaders or leaderships or, or leadership or, or what it means to you, tools, best practices, you know, what you do successful or not in developing your skill set or your success, and some of your lessons learned and, and what bad leadership is, if you even think that exists, you know, what it looks like. And so we'd love to hear from you again, 646-378-0261, or you can uh, fire up the chat. And, you know, I see that, I think, I'm not seeing that she's here yet, but that's okay. I, am, I think Charles is out there. We'll, we'll fold him into the conversation while I kind of set the stage here. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of revisit the why here. So our guest, Sharice, if she shows up, is a former Dreamweaver series guest, and she's an entrepreneur. She's very wise, and she's a very enterprising young lady. She, she's a mixologist, mixologist. I don't know what's wrong with my mouth today. But anyway, she has her own farm-to-glass professional mobile um, bartending service in the Chicago area, and it's called Toast. So full disclosure, also a family member, but she posted on Facebook the other day about how unfortunate it was that some people have such great knowledge to share, but their personality can get in the way sometimes. So she felt that that was the difference between leading millions, leading thousands. And so I think she was talking about someone specific, but again, I, you know, I said I'll let her talk about that if she shows up because I really wasn't paying much attention to that. It was one of those really rare moments where I was on Facebook and actually paying attention to my personal feed, and, and I commented that I actually enjoy the challenge of trying to extract valuable information despite the messenger. And so I know we hear so much about it, and I think I've talked about this on the show before. We hear so much about how people like to do business with or will follow those that they like versus those they don't. And so I'm a little bit more Vulcan-like, you know, as I've said before, and that I try to work with quality. I try not to get hung up on personality. 
And I also see it as if someone does business with me or they heed my wisdom because they like me, you know, there's certain there's a certain percentage in that, you know, whether it's 80-20 or 70-30 or whatever it is. But I feel personally that that's just too tenuous for me because I can do something that that person doesn't like and then it shifts the emotional landscape for them. And all of a sudden it's more about a popularity contest than, you know, walking a path towards enrichment or enlightenment or truth despite who the messengers are that show up in our lives. So, again, I know that's not necessarily necessarily a common approach and that the messenger sometimes will matter in many cases. But I just think that as humans on the journey, we have a certain responsibility to ourselves and the universe at large to get beyond or change our constructs in a way that get us past, um, you know, focusing on what people look like and what they sound like and whether or not we like them and try to try to vibrate higher, whatever that means metaphysically. But I know that's woo-woo stuff, but, you know, so be it. Charles, what do you think about um, some of the things that I've been introducing as um, ground for the conversation? Well, there are different types of leadership. I, I tend to think in terms of there's personal leadership, family, business, community, and I'm, you can probably come up with many other different models, but I think it's all the spheres of influence that we operate under and I think a good leader has to lead themselves first. And then mm-hmm. I think you have to be a leader in your family. And that's a different skill because it's not just leading yourself. You're co-leading, like for us, in terms of raising our daughter and, and working within a family unit. And then when you get out in the business world, you may be a business entrepreneur. You have leadership skills there. These things all overlap. Some of the same skill sets that operate in personal leadership or family leadership operate in a business. And then I also have, you know, community-level leadership and something like what we do with WSTA. We're leaders of a community organization, and I think it's kind of a hybrid of a community type of leadership, of servant leadership, as well as trying to run a business because a lot of times people step back and say, tell us what, what we need to do, and you have to inspire them to, to uh, strive for greater. So I think there's a lot of different aspects. And then you can talk about the individual characteristics of leadership. So I think there's all these different realms of leadership. Do you want to focus on one particular area, or do you want to just talk about kind of kind of stream over all the different ones? Oh, I'm I'm fine with streaming, you know, literally and uh, figuratively. I mean, it's just one of those co- those conversations where it can go in so many different directions. And you are correct, you know, there are so many different aspects of leadership, how it shows up. And I've always been a, a proponent and a supporter of the belief that you don't have to be in a leadership, a, a, a standard leadership position. You know, in order to really be a leader, and I think that sometimes we get caught up on who's the who's the top dog, who's at the top of the hill, who makes the most money, who has the most influence, who's got the most hits, who's on the television, you know, getting the most press, who has the most money, and those things are not. I mean, obviously they they do have some um, value, but they don't necessarily mean that that person is a leadership, you know, in in some of the classic senses. And and again, you know, you don't necessarily have to be in a position of authority. I mean, there's a difference between power versus leadership versus influence. And, and and those kind of conversations. So, um, you know, I was thinking back on when you when you talk about um, the, there are other commenters in that thread. You know, that that kind of sparks this show, and with a slightly different take. And that's okay. Uh, but I noted that their mentality was more about you know who wasn't ready to receive information and how useless it was to quote unquote present anyone with calculus when they're still at infant school. And it was kind of a type of leadership, you know, that that talked about you're not at my level, and it was very critical and you know very dismissive and in some ways self-aggrandizing. And it sparked some thoughts. You know, of course, about the universe 
how it has a way of going about its business, and then we have to decide or choose, you know, when or why or how we're going to reach our hands and hearts and consciousness into all of that uh, experience and where it's going to lead us. And, you know, again, going back to nature versus nurture. And so, you know, just taking that one example about calculus and infants, and I thought... You know, infants are not typically presented with calculus in the way that we would view its delivery, which is mostly, you know, educational and in the confines of an educational institution. But they're certainly exposed to the question and experience of functions of time and the expression of mathematics is everywhere in nearly every aspect of life. And, and so I know that that's not the real point of that comment, but it kind of reminded me that our arbitrary or self-serving judgments, you know, about others and about topics or, or situations and how we feel about them um, can dictate who we deem ready for certain information or experiences, and it can impact how we relate to or view them. And they may be well beyond that level of understanding, and it, it takes a certain leader to know their audience, um, to be open to input, to be open to a mutual growth pattern in, in interacting with other people. And it's not just about getting in front of a crowd or getting in front of a group and saying, follow me. It's about really finding ways to uplift other people so that we are creating more leaders um, and being um, strong enough or confident enough in our sense of self where we're not necessarily threatened by the fact that everyone in that room could be a, a leader or a potential leader and that we have to be in charge, but you know, to find a way so that we are looking for the highest quality output in our in our engagements. And so that's kind of how that um, conversation started to, to just bring a lot of thoughts to the fore and, and want to have a discussion about, you know, leadership and, and, and how it shows up in our lives and whether or not we're leaders and what we can do um, to inspire more of that. So this is kind of a, a thought that, that occurred there. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, you think about all the qualities that go into leadership. I mean, that's why I mentioned the first type of leadership. You can't be a, a good leader of a community if you don't have the certain innate skills uh, of personal leadership. If you're not leading yourself, how can you lead, you know, a company or lead, you know, thousands of people? Maybe it's true in some cases that people get into leadership positions who do not have good leadership skills. And as a result, they aren't good leaders. So I guess that is, that could be part of this conversation as well. I'm, I'm assuming we're, we're striving to the positive model because I think there are plenty of examples of people who are in leadership positions who are not good leaders. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a whole different conversation. But, I mean, you need to have integrity, honesty, courage, perseverance. Mm -hmm. I think of what our daughter goes through with martial arts and um, the skills that they teach her all those skills of leadership. Yeah, leadership, discipline, um, responsibility, um, certainly how to take care of oneself. And there's there's always that, that assumption or presumption that being able to handle yourself, um, certainly psychologically and, and emotionally and mentally, but as well as physically, um, breeds a certain level of self-confidence that can lead to um, leadership positions and leadership thinking. And, and so... Um, I think when you're talking about what's out there and what's possible, if you can say, well, if you, consider the example of a force of nature. I mean, you know, when you think about all the information that comes at us and how we, I mean, forces of nature don't care about who wants or needs them. And it's the same thing with leadership and information and, and experiences in life. But forces of nature don't care. I mean, it's really more about uh, adapting and adjusting to that. And so we, we tend to learn that societies that adapt 
to forces of nature or, or things that are out there. They tend to last longer than those who don't. And so, you know, the nature of that adjustment will ver- will, will vary and it'll, it'll differ. But it, all to say that in many respects, I think it's impossible. I think it's impossible not to learn or grow in each moment and develop what we might call leadership potential. Now, our choice to do so will be at varying levels, and I don't like to use that word because that's kind of a construct that gets very linear and doesn't take certain things into consideration. But it's it's not always a technically conscious or aware um, process, though a part of it always is, I guess. But I think that in that endeavor, it can be very challenging to embrace what we consider insignificant or beneath us or unworthy, um, even though that might actually bear a life-changing opportunity for us. So we react and we create experiences, you know, by virtue of our choices and our human constructs, which, you know, have some relevance, obviously, because we are human. But I'm very intrigued by getting beyond that and recognizing how deeply our illusions can factor into our experiences and how we can change those um, so that we have different experiences and so that we can actually create them for others. I guess in a roundabout or longer way, I'm just really talking about that whole nature versus nurture aspect of leadership again. And, and you know, whether you think you're in school to try to learn about leadership, whether you think that um, you're there to have your skills honed, you know, whether society is a school, whatever it is, I think in a lot of ways if you start to look at this as, you know, you can't get it wrong, you know, or it's a table with unlimited bounty and you just eat what you can when you can and and step up to the table when you're hungry and when you're not, you kind of step back and do other things and you try to flow with that or, you know, some people might try to control that as an environmental thing. But, you know, looking at that and, and understanding that it serves a purpose until it doesn't and understanding that your goal really can't be, you know, at the more stringent level to aspire to someone else's definition of a level or to always be seeking validation regarding whether or not you're a good leader or a bad leader or, you know, whatever. But just looking at that and and trying to determine, you know, what's a leader? I mean, you, integrity or, or a skill or a certain level of wisdom or a certain level of influence or power and and just having people to start to think about what what leadership is. I mean, what is it? Does, do you really think that people that are uh, in speaking for us in a lot of ways in society are leaders? I think they do represent uh, a collective viewpoint when they're operating as a leader. I think that's why you you look at leaders and say, okay, well, they're representative of their community or their group or their. Obviously, they can't represent every single person, but the the assumption is somebody who's on the ground, who's a good leader, who's listening to the people, can at some level collectively represent different viewpoints within the group and the common themes so that somebody can say, yes, here in Kitsap County, in this group and area, people realize they need to have more technology-based jobs, and that's the the direction that we want to tell our community leaders, this is the direction we want to go. You know, and the same thing, you know, for family unit, you know, what do we want as a family create? And, of course, that's probably a little trickier because, you know, if you've got three three points all traveling in opposite directions, what's in the middle? <laughs> so that's a little bit trickier. But I, I guess in a lot of ways that's that's kind of one of the challenges of leadership is to be able to listen to a lot of different points of view and come up with some kind of collective synthesis that represents what do, what do, what does the group want? 
how can we help everybody together, uh, you know, and realizing that there's going to be some outliers in, all, in every direction, and how do you balance those interests? What do you think about the whole um, leadership forum that takes and – and I, th- I thought about this because if I read an article the other day about Andrew Cohen, who has been like, you know, this huge – uh, influence for for decades, and then he just basically disappeared a couple of years ago, and they're still trying to figure out where he is. And you know, this real guru, and and he had this way. I mean, he started out in the beginning being very metaphysical and open and welcoming and nurturing, and and talking about leadership as this this big potentiality for the universe sort of thing. And then over time, as he became more and more influential and more powerful and and more revered, I guess the word is, he became very intolerant of of views that did not align with his own. And so he would resort to public ridicule. I mean, in a very, very negative way, he would just really call people out um, in some of his public retreats or events or whatever, and he would just basically badger and batter at them until, you know, they either went away very quietly or they conformed. And so that's when you see that transition from leadership and then the insecurities that we have in us as human beings you know, they come up to the the fore and they start to drive the process of leadership. So at some point, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, this whole conversation started out with, you know, um, how do you separate the message from the leader and take the kernel irrespective of, you know, how they're delivering it or, or whether or not they're walking their talk or whatever. And would we really consider those people still leaders if we recognize, you know, you pull up the, uh, you know, you look under the mattress, so to speak, or you look in the closet and you realize that, you know, they're really not living that, but their their kernels are valuable. So, you know, just all to say that, you know, this, how how much we rely upon someone or call upon people to be our leaders because we are looking for so much guidance and in a lot of ways, I mean, you, you, you have your own potential inside of you. You don't necessarily have to be looking for external validation and and uh, imprintur. So I don't know. I just, it just brought up a lot of different thoughts when, when this subject appeared originally in, in the Facebook thread, which I actually, you know, actually I, removed my, I removed myself from that thread, not because I didn't think it was a good discussion or whatever, but because I realized it was being held publicly, and I kind of like to control how I show up in public on the interweb. So, um but it was just an interesting yeah. uh, conversation that sparked some thoughts. You know, the the first thing when you started mentioning all this, it was kind of the the personal slash professional development cycle and maybe how this kind of goes through, you know, like when you become a Zen master. You know, before Zen, you know, water, mountains, trees. You become Zen master, <laughs> you know, everything is Zen. After Zen master, water, mountain, trees. You know, you, you got to go back and live in the real world. And right. there's a real challenge. I mean, we even have this challenge sometimes. We air a little bit of laundry. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you were this guru and, you know, you did all these great things, and now you're down dealing with this stuff. And it's like, well, I think at a, at a certain level, if a leader is just aspiring to these global fancy concepts and isn't living in the real world, it's kind of like, well, you're not, you're not offering much in the way of earthbound advice. I mean, it's okay to realize that everything is connected and to understand some subtle things and maybe some not-so-subtle things in the threads and, and what's, what's humanity and what lessons are we learning and what, we're, what are we going through. But on another level, we are in the real world, and we have to deal with it. That's part of our experience and growth. So, you know, some great leader who comes up with some great leadership concepts, that's not bad, but there's nothing that says that we can't try to take this and make it our mundane experience. We have to live it every day. 
And so when we live it every day, people will point out our flaws. And they'll look at those flaws and say, look, you're not living up to your ideals. Well, guess what? Nobody lives up to all of their ideals 100% of the time. And the reality is you can't let that shake you. You still have to try to be the best person or the best leader that you can. And when you're pointing out the fact that, hey, you know what? You're falling down. Okay, yes, I am falling down, and I'm being pointed out that I'm falling down. Let me do better. And, and not let that shake your confidence and not let that prevent you from moving forward. Okay, that makes sense? we are talking about the real we, Of course it makes sense, but we're talking about the real world. And so let me just throw another example at you. I mean, if we lived in a world, and that, this is kind of my, you know, not necessarily an argument, but my point about why the whole global metaphysical part becomes so relevant. Because if you stay too much in the tactile, more dense forest, then you run into the things we're running, to in, running into in our society, which is, you know, just think about our world leaders, okay? You think about our elected leaders. They go out there, most of the ones that I know, most of them, and I would say 95% of them, and I know some global leaders, they're from everywhere, they go into this with a very um, altruistic motive. They are trying to make a difference. Very few of the ones that I I know go in saying, I'm going in for the power and I'm going to take it and twist it and contort it until it's my own party. You know, very few people that I know go in doing that. And yet, when they go into these positions, they are judged very harshly by the fact that their messages, no matter how noble, no matter how on point, no matter how um, uh, validated or substantiated with years of or decades or even centuries of lessons, all of a sudden nobody wants to hear them anymore because they've made a fatal flaw or what society has termed as a fatal flaw. And they get dragged through social media and regular media and then all of a sudden, that person who is still in a position to lead and still in a position to provide value is now marginalized and dismissed, and we're cannibalizing them. So, you know, you say that we are living in the real world, and you advocate for that, and so do I, because, you know, hello, we are in the real world. But the other part of that is at some point we do have to get to that, you know, before enlightenment, you know, sweep the, the floors, carry water, and after enlightenment, sweep the floors, carry water. But there's another point where we have to kind of push beyond this boundary, this human boundary, and be able to say it can't just be about who we like. It can't just be about the color of their skin. It can't just be about their gender or about them making a mistake or about them, you know, or whatever political party that they belong to. It has to be about the kernel. It has to be about the truth or the the piece of the truth that can get us to that next level of evolution so that we're not imploding over here. So when we start talking about leadership, I'm talking about something that sometimes can be well beyond a human being. It's it's really about it's more about an energy, and I know this again is woo woo, and I'm seeing some chat comments that it's woo woo, but to me, leadership does mean something well beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, okay. A lot. There's a lot to what you're saying. I think. There are like there 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 are many levels of observation that we can take, and I think there's a the real world can at one level be oh very surface 
or very complicated depending upon how many layers you're looking at or accessing. And I think people mistake living in the real world for being very surface. And the truth of the matter is it really depends on how you're approaching things. If you're addressing people as cardboard cutouts and as, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, as, as uh, stereotypes, you're not addressing the people, you're addressing the stereotype. I'll look at the color of your skin, I'm going to treat you a certain way. I'll look at the way you're dressed, I'm going to treat you a certain way. I'll look at the way you're carrying yourself, I'm going to treat you a certain way. Surface level stuff. But of course, if you start adding them all together, I look at who you are, I look at how you're acting, I look at how you're talking, I determine whether or not you're fitting into a certain space. I may not know what you're thinking, but I might draw certain inferences based upon those things. I'm starting to get to deeper and deeper and deeper layers. Now, nobody wants to hear all this. Everybody wants to say, well, treat every single person as they walk into your sphere the same. The reality is people aren't going to do that. They're going to react to you based upon their stereotypes, what they're observing, you know, who is the person. Obviously, you can, you can mitigate some of those things. But if you have something that, if you have a person that walks up to you who looks, you know, who's huge and really scary looking, tell me that you're not going to react or kind of be concerned, you know, if some seven foot tall person with spikes on his head, you know, with a club in his hand walks up to you, you know, oh, no, don't be afraid of him because you've been told not to pay attention, you know, to, to, to external experiences, well, ex, uh, external externalities. Well, of course you're going to pay attention to some of those things. So there's always different well, findings yeah. details. I mean, but, but my, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, if, I know you're giving an example, but if that person is standing in front of a crowd of 1,000 people to talk about leadership, that's a different proposition than somebody getting into a dark elevator with me at, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning in the middle of whatever. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, those things are going to make a difference as to how I'm going to work to perceive that person beyond their wrapper. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, when we start talking about leadership again, because this is really kind of a point that I'm maybe kind of crawling through the muck to get to, and that is – you know, how we define our leaders, sometimes it has to do with the kernels that they're bringing. Sometimes it has to do with what we project onto them. Sometimes it has to do with how comfortable we are with the person that's presenting the kernel because nothing's new in the universe. Nothing hasn't been thought of before. It's it's out there. It's being grabbed. You just find a way to bring it back down to, you know, our levels so that we're, we're consuming it. But nothing's new out there in a lot of respects. So, um, you know, we start talking about who our leaders are, and, and trust me, I mean, I get thousands of emails a day and all types of articles and the top 10 things that leaders do and the what not to do and these 12 things define a leader, and none of these are new things. These are things that everybody does every day in their, in their everyday uh, interactions with people. You don't have to be standing in front of a group to deliver this type of, of value, but when we start talking about who our leaders are and who we're following and, and what works and what doesn't, a lot of it has to do with rapper, and you know when 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 Charisse, I don't mean the outer, but when she brought up that conversation about not being able to to lead hundreds versus thousands or even millions being based upon somebody's personality, I agree with her that that's what happens, and we all do it to some some extent. But I also think that at some point, if we can get to the point where we say, you know. I don't have to follow you. I don't have to worship you, especially if you're Hitler. So there's your God ones. Um, and you're saying things that make sense. I don't have to follow you or believe in you or anything. But I can at least, you know, take a little bit of that leadership um, 
kernel or some of that truth or some of that wisdom and put that out into another space that helps us as a, a human race go a little further than, than where we're going right now. And so um, I don't think it's all negative and bad and that we're not progressing. I think that we are and that it's impossible not to progress on a certain level. But I do see um, a, a lot of chaos right now in our society with us coming to terms with, you know, the difference between the reality of what we're um, encountering in life and the perception of that through a lot of filters, whether it's media or our own self-imposed um, filters or whatever, and there's there's really a, a big force taking place right now in the universe in terms of where we're going to show up and, and what's going to happen to us. And so I think that the question of leadership has become increasingly more important, uh, especially now where we have the challenges of how we relate to each other with the digital being folded into that and, and losing a bit of the personal touch while gaining so many other things through that that vehicle and and just having these conversations about leadership and about power and about influence and about the responsibility that comes with some of that and and how we um you know work with people that are bringing that I'm getting okay never mind I that just disappeared there was a comment but it disappeared any other thoughts from you I I think there's another aspect of how we show up collectively so there is a collective leadership. And I think that, that speaks to not just our individual responsibility, but our individual our responsibility as a collective. And I think when you start dealing with things like how do we show up in the universe, how do we treat where we live, how do, how do we treat the environment, obviously we are all going to have some kind of impact, but I think we should be good stewards of the planet and that is where, you know, when you start thinking about how do I show up and what do I do, how do I act towards people, I, I think that, you know, we're fortunate to live in a great place that's relatively peaceful. Look around the world, though, and I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of a news junkie. I kind of like to kind of like to know what's going on. I guess somebody would, some people might say that, you know, news junkie or not, you still don't really know what's going on because you're going to get right. only a filter point of what's coming through so i realize that i take into account the fact i'm getting a filtered point of view but the point is i can know pretty confidently that i don't want to be in syria right now or yemen or a lot of other places there's a lot of discord in the world right now still trying to figure it's figure its way out i tend to think also in terms of there's a huge mismatch because i'm a kind of a student of technology and i think about change a lot and how in my opinion a lot of the stuff that we're doing is to improve the quality of life. I think there's huge, tremendous possibilities of what we're going to be able to accomplish. At the same time, sure. as human beings, we're not doing a very good job of adapting to change. I think a lot of the problems that we're having are because people are trying to hold on to the old ways. And you, you can't marry a 13th century mentality with today's technology. You just can't. And I, I, and I think that we're coming to a decision where what are we going to do? Are we going to try to accommodate these people or not? And nature, nature itself is not accommodating. It doesn't. It basically is pretty ruthless. I mean, if, you're, <laughs> if, there, if a predator evolves that is superior to you in nature, they wipe you out. And I'm not saying that we should be superior. We, we, we have morality. We can choose how we want to react in this world. But I also think we're being morally challenged 
at another level with a 13th century mentality that would say, no, I don't want you to progress. No, I don't want women to have equal rights. No, I don't want to, you know, uh, no, I want everybody who doesn't believe what we believe to be destroyed. And I'm like, well, at some point we're going to have a, a serious leadership challenge as to whether or not we are going to try, to try to accommodate this in the world. And that's a huge challenge. That's a challenge that I don't think any one leader really wants to take on because it's a pretty ugly proposition. And I see that. But not only that, but it's being it's being driven. It, it, some of some of those decisions can be driven from a place, and that and that goes back to again the leadership conversation here. Um, and it took on a different um, you know path, but so be it. I mean, leadership can't be owned in one realm. But the point is that yes, you know, there are leaders that are trying to deal with the issue of how to. Not necessarily peacefully, but you know, certainly if if if, prefer, if if possible, peaceful coexistence with other cultures and ideologies and belief systems that may not align with our own. And so, if you look at the way that that plays out on the on the uh, macro level, yes, I mean, the, this example was perfect for that because if you start off with a conversation that says, you know, I'm a leader and you're a minion and you're not at my level yet and you don't get it and I'm not going to give you a lesson you can't. Um, absorb right now by my own you know assumption of course then you know there's the there's the us and there's the them and so therefore i don't have to entertain you and i can you know kind of just put my foot on you versus the type of leader that says you know, I may not agree with you. Um, I certainly understand where you're coming from. Let's have a dialogue about that. I don't know where it's going to lead. It may lead to a win-win somewhere down the road. It may not. But at least that dialogue has taken place, and we're trying to understand each other and trying to exist in a world with with beliefs that don't align. And and what does that world look like for people that want to put their foot on someone, you know, whether it's our side or their side? I mean, I don't like the way that you live. I'm going to go in there and disrupt your, your way of life until you look like me. I mean, there's there's different ways of, of translating that leadership potential and that leadership vision, um, not only, like I said, at you know at the business level or in our family lives or with our friends or in the communities, but, you know, at the global level. And so, in a lot of ways, these conversations have to keep happening because they're honed at smaller scaled forums, and then they they scale up. And so, it really matters what seeds we're planting and and what type of um, interchange we are trying to encourage with one another uh, in terms of how we view one another and where they are on their respective paths um, of leadership and enlightenment and growth. And so. Um, I think that sometimes it serves us to be one-dimensional, um, and that's what it is, in my opinion, when we say these are the top ten things that this person should do or the 12 things that you shouldn't do. And, of course, you can look at every single one of these articles and pick it apart and say, well, these are circumstances in which this type of you know, um, hard and fast rule won't apply or, or where flexibility is key or where, the, where adaptability is key. And these are other things where you know you have to put your foot down. So I... I don't know. I mean, maybe not making a point in the end, but but the over point being that you know leadership is going to take on a lot of different um, looks and appearances, and it's certainly going to be uh, something that comes from from hearing what is said and what is being presented versus always looking at the packaging or the people um, that are bringing it. You still there? I'm still here. Oh, I was going to say, it, it, it was almost like you cut off midstream. 
wasn't sure if the no, just kind of my brain is like firing in a lot of different directions here, but <laughs> nothing new there. Well, I, I, it's it's kind of like we we were talking uh, kind of generically about leadership challenges, but I think I I identified or we started speaking about I think something very significant, and that is, you know, one of the biggest challenges of leadership. I mean, there, there's one you could say in terms of how do we protect and how do we be good stewards of the environment, how do we treat each other. Um, and I think the, the the global challenge is, you know, how do you how do you marry together or mix these different belief systems that are, you know, basically at extreme odds to one another. And I think it's going to be, you know, I, I don't think we can uh, adopt a, a position of trying to accommodate in some cases because I think, again, in nature, I don't think they try to accommodate. Um, I think there's, at some levels, nature accommodates diversity, for sure. And at other levels, it doesn't. And so I'm not sure. Maybe it doesn't, maybe maybe God hasn't set out a plan and basically says, well, I'll let you guys decide what you want to do. And we'll see how it sorts out. So we'll we'll find out, I guess, as, as time goes on, how some of these things will turn out. But I, I know for a fact I will continue to work on myself with my family, leading my business, leading my community organizations, and trying to be a good example here, because that's the best I can do right now. Fortunately, I don't have to make those other decisions um, at the national level, like some people are forced to do. And, you know, when people attack, you know, take the President of the United States, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll fault him for so many things. But I, I cannot believe for one day it would be okay or easy to make some of the decisions he probably has to make every day. So, you know, if you take that into account, you probably have a different respect for the position. And anybody who's done the work to even get to that position, it's an incredible amount of work. Now, it's not just one person. I think it's a whole system, and I think that's part of the other thing we have to look at. You know, what, what is our entire political system doing, and how, how are we treating it? It's not just representative. You know, the man is a figurehead at the top of a system. Um, so that's part of it as well. It's not just his decision. It's all the people underneath him that he's working with. But parts of, part, partly, uh, in the end, he has to make certain decisions that set the, uh, the, the gears in motion. So there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of responsibility there. Yeah, and at a certain at a certain point, he's gonna he's he has to be responsible for the decisions that he does make, and for the decisions that he um, uh, nurtures from from you know the ground up, from the grassroots level up to you know the the food chain up to him. So, or, or whoever's in that position. I mean, I think you know I think that you know my position when I look at things like this, and I do know what's involved. Certainly not been POTUS before, but you know have worked with the government at that level and understand what's involved and. And unfortunately, how the sausage is made, so to co- and to coin a phrase, and and certainly not as simple as we would like it to 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 be. And 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 yet, you know, I look at it like you, you know, this whole conversation about leadership and taking responsibility, and, and and you know, and at the same time, you know, having another faction that thinks that everything that comes out of of that office has some kind of relationship to the packaging. You know, that's the other extreme when you when you can't let go of the packaging and you can't even give that person credit for 
for who they are or the society credit for what they're saying because everything is related to packaging, then that's another way of being held hostage and not being able to move forward and, and looking at kernels and, and, uh, and leadership and being able to take it wherever it comes and, and being able to support it somehow to the, to the benefit of the many over the few. Um, but it just it just you know it's it's a really challenging position to be in I and mean, you're in your business okay so people that are listening you're in your business what does leadership look like to you i mean obviously a lot of this stuff we're talking about is is kind of global stuff and it may not translate but in some ways it does you know and and being able to understand what you want what you want out of your business how you go about getting your kernels of truth and your kernels of wisdom from people around you how it ends up in, how it ends up impacting you whether or not you're looking for validation all the time whether you eventually come into your own sense of self and then project that out and become a leader in your own sphere of influence, um, in your own families, you know, in your own communities, and um, consequently, how we all contribute to that web uh, that that eventually makes us, you know, a nation or a region or, or a state or or whatever you're or an industry, you know, of 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 successful uh, people. So, I, you know, integrity obviously I think has to be there. Um, uh, being able to listen. I think is very important uh, in, in in leadership, especially when you're influencing people. Uh, I, I think a certain level of uh, not only self-honesty but honesty with others and being straightforward in a very constructive way can be good. I think that I find personally that people aren't prepared for a very straightforward, constructive level of honesty about things that you may not necessarily like, and they take it very personally, and, and, and it can fracture relationships. And so I think you kind of have to find a way to navigate through that. And uh, also, I think, our expectations and, and trying to balance between being, um, I don't want to say accepting, but you know, kind of going with the flow with things that don't always go well, but also being able to, to demand better. Uh, I think that that's an interesting balance that you can strike. I mean, I had a personal, you know, business, I should say, situation recently where it took three or four days um, to get forward, moving forward with a, a potential uh, vendor, and nothing ever got done because they were so busy focusing on, you know, they were navel-gazing there, you know, they couldn't see the forest for the trees. So they, they wanted this one little piece of, of information from us and wouldn't move forward until they got it, and yet they were so antiquated in their business practices that it, it made it impossible for us to give them that them those things in a timely way and so we kind of went back and forth back and forth back and forth and then here we are friday and i'm now in a position to give them some information but in a very you know low security way that i'm not going to do um and now you know i don't have any time to follow through on on you know finishing that project with them because i'm not going to be available in the same way that i would have been when when this started a week ago so you know and being able to say to someone i'm not doing business with you because i don't like the way you do business you know and and it doesn't work for me and it's not it's not user friendly i mean just some things about personal experience that have folded into this conversation about leadership but what are some of your um thoughts about leadership uh, at the whether it's local or regional or whatever about things that we can do to improve ourselves or leaders to to improve themselves or just you know in your business practice well i think the first thing is leadership is very personal and i think leaders take on more than the average person i think everybody mm-hmm. has leadership skills and talents but a lot of people because it's difficult choose not to take leadership roles in organizations and in wider circles because so much can be required. 
and I'm, I'm not even talking about people who have, uh, you know, want power. I don't even think of it that way. I mean, I guess, I guess in certain cases, leadership uh, power can be a, a, a side effect of, of leadership. But it's not, at least for not for me, it's not a means to an end. It's not something where I seek it because I want to be in charge. It's more of a, we want to do something good, and how do we go about doing that? And it's funny because that's a really different model, I think, than a lot of people um, when they seek out things. And maybe, I, maybe I'm not the right personality type to decide, you know, for those people who really choose to do things because they want to be in charge, they want to do certain things, they want to, they want to you know, have dominion over others. You know, I don't tend to think that way, but obviously some people do. But I think leadership, yeah. in, for me, is more of a, uh, a personal challenge to do better and in terms of being in, of, of service and trying to create some effect or end goal. And that's, there can be a lot, of, a lot of work involved with that. And I think a lot of people shy away from it because it is so much work. I think conflicting goals can certainly uh, get in the way of of how we proceed along the leadership paradigm. I mean, for instance, I mean, you just brought up something really good. I mean, there there are a lot of us that do step up into leadership roles because we want to do do well. We want to do something for. We want to give back, and that that phrase gets overused. But the reality is that that's why a lot of us do it. And then there are some people that do it for that reason, but they also do it because they want to be seen in the community, and and by virtue of that, they want to attract business to themselves, or they want to get a job. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I think that when that desire is at a higher percentage than wanting to give back, truly give back, it influences the way that someone shows up in that leadership position, which is to say very poorly, generally. Um, And then, of course, because they haven't really dedicated themselves at that pure, quote-unquote, leadership level, the moment something goes wrong, the moment they get that job, the moment they get their clients, then they're out the door because they really weren't there for the reasons that they said they were there for. On the other hand, you know, if there is a leader of an organization and you've got people that are coming in and out of the door with a variety a variety of, of motives, um, then it's incumbent upon you to develop a certain level of leadership where you can see why they're there and still find a way to nurture them and bring them into the fold with what's, what they bring to the table that's a benefit and and still find a way to work with that so that you, you are all getting what you need, but ultimately, you know, the mission is being served and the community is being served. And so, Again, different types of leadership and different levels of leadership that can impact what ultimately gets delivered to, quote-unquote, the end user. I have to stop saying, quote-unquote. But anyway, um, any other thoughts? Because I, you know, I'm kind of done. And if you want to talk some more, I'm fine. I think we need to do a better job of trying to inspire other leaders, but it's also up to people themselves. You can't make people want to be leaders. They have to have Mm -hmm. a certain drive and motivation. And I think there's certainly, obviously, a great benefit to being a leader onto yourself and being a, a, setting a direction, you know, all the goals, you know, the perseverance, the courage, the integrity, the honesty, having those things with yourself. And it's, it's, it's quite a challenge. I mean, even if you uh, just dedicate yourself to being a good leader for yourself, I think it's, it's a challenge of, of, of personal improvement to take it out to, saying I'm going to lead a business or I'm going to lead a community or I'm going to, you know, choose, you know, to be an elected leader. I think those get into wider and wider and wider spheres of influence where you take on a lot. I have a great respect for people who do that, and I think it's a shame that 
I think the system right now, in a lot of ways, the incentives distort people that are good leaders who choose to take on public service. And that's unfortunate. I think one of the ways that maybe we'll change that over time is with greater transparency so that, you know, people aren't, you know, making decisions with a lack of information and the decisions that are taken, you know, people understand the benefits, the pros and the cons. And maybe with time, you know, we'll, we'll get better decisions made. Right now, I think there's just so much um, trying to buy influence and trying to affect the uh, process and decision and outcome. That's caused a lot of people to be uh, turned off by the whole political process. I know for myself, I'm, I'm kind of turned off by the political process. I know I have to deal with it, but I also realize that, you know, inside that system of constraints, uh, there is so much, so many vested interests vying for things that are vying for the levers of leadership because they want to engender a certain result and people people kind of tune out and unfortunately when people tune out that's when people feel like they can manipulate the system to the greatest benefit so we are all challenged to step up in terms of leadership roles uh, to pay attention to what decisions are being made and to try to set a course that'll improve us as a collective so i think that's, that's much interesting well, yeah, and you you brought up an interesting comment about the whole political thing once again, and it reminded me when you were talking of the conversation that's out there um, about making voting compulsory and um, the whole conversation around, you know, whether or not you have the right to speak if you're not voting and whether or not a vote is a form of speech and, and, and when to know, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, you know how to choose or you should know when to choose your battles. And consequently, you know, that extrapolates out to knowing when to walk away from something, you know, whether that's a, a bad job, whether it's a bad um, position of leadership or an organization that you're with or um, a political party or, you know, even you know, the voting process. I mean, it may, you may not like it um, when someone doesn't vote and then they voice their, their discontent, but, you know, there is some um, – there's something to the argument that if enough people start to opt out of the status quo uh, instead of trying to play within the game, that some change could possibly come from that. I mean, I, I don't adhere to that philosophy, you know, philosophy personally. I believe that I do have to vote and that it's my responsibility to get in there, you know, both, both personally and professionally to work with leaders to get them to um, change and do some of the things that I think are beneficial to us. But I, I understand that argument in terms of knowing when to walk away from something and knowing where to choose your battles and when to choose them. So, you know, interesting conversation about the exercise of leadership in, in sometimes unconventional ways. Um, you know, because people always think of a leader going in there and charging, you know, at the head of the crowd and always doing something. And, and, and sometimes leadership is not that loud roar. Sometimes it is that voice that knows when to, to pull back and when not to, to escalate. So I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk to Sharice today, and she didn't call in and tell us a little bit more about her situation and, and what inspired her to um, to bring up the topic and also to talk a little bit about how she's doing with her business. That would have been a great update for us. So uh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go ahead and uh, thank everybody for showing up today. Charles, you're always a trooper. I appreciate that. And uh, fun discussion. I mean, I can do stuff like this all day. So. Listen to the podcast here on iTunes, and as I said before on the other show, we're syndicated on Stitcher and TuneIn. There's also our Facebook page, obviously, Straight Talk Radio, but it's STR8 and then Talk Radio. So this is Donja Keating and Charles Keating signing off at about 12.30.
1249 Pacific Time on Friday, March 27th. Enjoy your weekend, and see you next time.